ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. Season number six. This is episode number 10, Summer of CC 2018. My name is Russ Shaw. I call my brother yelling out. I fell in love and then fell out. And I don't know if I can take the hit. I let a stranger in my bed. I pretended you were him. That is uh, Christina Flannery. Uh, Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right uh, with that tune. There's a Spotify playlist for the ASI podcast. You can search for uh, ASI podcast bumps on Spotify to check that out. I want to get better. I want to do better. I want to move forward, right? Those lyrics. I'm learning to live. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to give. I don't know if I'm a giver. <laughs> Some in that in those lyrics. There's something to that. Uh, on today's show, I wanted to talk about maybe kicking off, maybe nothing. Let's kick off 2018 summer of CC, which is this energy being released. Right? There's energy in your body that that's working itself out, needing to be released. And that's what a lot of what we're talking about when it comes to compulsive behavior is. It's energy in the body. What if you were able to tap into some of that energy and redirect it in a different way? Um, I'm not talking about behavior modification, by the way, or behavior replacement therapy or something like that. Um, this is a, this is different energy. So I'm speaking to energy a little bit. And some of you may be thinking, oh, energy, Russ, that sounds vague. What do you mean, right? What, is, what does that mean? Um, information, if it was just simply information, right, that changed things, and there's something to information, like information is great, you get some new information, you apply that, and your life changes, right? Like that's behavior modification. Um, you just don't have the right information. Here's some information, but does that really work, right? Like like if it was really about just information and applying information, would we have the opiate crisis we have? Or obesity? There's another good example. If If we just applied all the information in the weight loss books, would there be obesity? So you see my point, right? Like it's not about the applied information, but the motivation to apply that information, right? What does it take to get energy? Like you have to raise it or muster it up. What is it? Um, That's some of what I talk about on this podcast, because again, um, what motivates change really down deep? It's a heart thing. Again, it's a heart condition. (laughs) 
things. Uh, first of all, I'm glad you're here, you know? If that's you, I'm trying to live, I'm trying to be better, you know, that is you, all right? You're listening to this podcast, there's something in you that that seeks to, that compels you to, to move forward, to change direction. And for that reason, man, I'm glad you're here. You and I are, are kindred spirits in that kind of way. Um, and I, and I, I'm humbled and honored that you would spend this time with me here on the ASI podcast. Uh, looking to change things up a little this summer. Uh, give some wisdom uh, from my story, from my path as someone who's been working on myself for the last 12 years podcasting on this topic. Uh, sitting here today in my van. Uh, trying to find time to, to do this show. So I'm actually sitting in a, a graveyard in the city of Seattle. Uh, it's a place I found that was quiet. It's a humbling place because, if we're honest, we're all going to end up here. Right? And none of us are getting out of this alive. Uh, whether it's having a gravestone laid over you or being scattered like ashes in the wind, right? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. The value of what you value while you're here. I think there's something very human about that. What a human being values with all of our time while we're here. And energy has a lot to do with that, too. Um, what is valuable in your own heart, right? Your motivator. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's some of what I want to touch on today, and hopefully I can articulate that well here on the podcast. ASI247.org is the website, by the way. Uh, Russ at ASI247.org. And that's something I've been thinking about with this project and the amount of weekly listeners. Um, am I a giver, right? And while I've had a love-hate relationship over the years with this podcast, um, how do you love? You know, that's a good question with your time here, right? This is Shine Down. Another bumper for you. You can be an angel of mercy or give in to hate. You can try to fight it just like every other careless mistake. How do you justify? reasons to not do this podcast anymore, this work anymore, but something in my heart, this is my work, right? This is some of my life's work and, and, and the value in it, um, what I get to give when it comes to this work. And, and again, you know, uh, finding time to do this. Uh, the work it takes, really 
and again, so wanting to, to give back, to give you something that you, if you're going to spend this time with me here, I want you to, to pull something out of it. I really have something to say to you today, and, and I'm glad you're listening. Um, it, also, there's a few reviews I wanted to uh, address. Number one, there was somebody who left a review, uh, a negative review, like a one-star review, and my star ratings have gone down on this podcast. So... Um, if you're a friend of ASI, if, if these podcasts are helping you in any way, shape, or form, man, I would appreciate a, a say something nice, right? If you could leave a review, that would be so awesome. Um, I would really, really appreciate that uh, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, wherever you're hearing this podcast. But somebody left a review uh, about audio quality, right? And then gave me one star because of the audio quality. Listen, if you're listening... <laughs> If you're listening to this show for audio quality, I don't know what to tell you, all right? I am not, this is not Mr., uh, I'm not hi-fi, I'm not sitting in some expensive studio, I'm not Mr. Rich Guy, right? Like, I didn't graduate with some college degree, right? I'm not sitting in my office studio, right? I'm sitting in a graveyard in an Uber that I drive for as my primary source of income. Uber and Lyft, baby. Uh, and I do pretty well at that in the Seattle area, especially in a, a van that seats uh, six, seven people. XL rides. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like, um, this is budget podcasting right here. This is publishing on a shoestring kind of budget. That's what's going on uh, with what you're hearing right now. And with this guy, um, also, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> if you, I don't know, this is for content, man. If you're listening for content, if you're listening to get something out of this, I almost like that the show has a kind of, right, not so good audio quality. Why do I like that? Because what if you could stick with somebody and, and muscle through the bad audio quality, uh, to get somewhere under the root structure of what you're going through, all right? Uh, yes, we're all different. This is not digital therapy, by the way. I'm not a doctor or licensed therapist or life coach or anything like that. But I've been podcasting on this topic for 12 years. I've been talking about it for a long time. I've been studying it for a long time. Um, I'm not a moron when it comes to this topic, and I've struggled with it intensely myself. So, throwing that out there. So that's addressing uh, negative review number one about the reverb and the audio quality. Listen, uh, again, there's other podcasts out there, right? (laughs) If you you don't like that. Another one was a guy who said, uh, what did you man up, right? Oh, there's just so much emotions. And uh, I'm not sure if this was on iTunes. I'm not sure if his um, exactly what he said, but something like you know something like that. Why don't you just man up? Like it's that freaking simple, right? Like we could just simply man up, and everything would be fine. Um, just pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. And, and hey, listen, go for it. Try that for a while. I, I did. Uh, it, it works for a little while. Um, again, there's something I've talked about on the show. I'll, I'll repeat it, uh, because <laughs> for the, for new listeners who haven't heard it, when I lived in Alaska, there was this term called peeing your pants to keep your backside warm. Um, man, that works. 
it really does. It works for a little while, and then it just goes horribly bad. It goes horribly wrong. You're you're in zero degrees temperature, right? Fahrenheit, and uh, or Celsius for that matter, right? But zero Fahrenheit is is colder, all right. But there's a temptation if you have to pee to to do that because uh, you know it's going to feel warm for a little while. But the, but when it's freezing, right? I, I don't have to explain the rest of that. Um, and some of this behavior modification, depending on who you are, uh, it, it can be that way. It can go bad. I've experienced that in my life. Just kind of muscling through and, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 90 days. And, and good for you if you could do 90 days. I think that's a good goal. And there's a lot of research that says you could break a habit in 90 days, 120 days, whatever it is. But there's also connective tissue that links back to this thing. Um, if you're trying to break the habit, right, compulsive behavior, addiction, sex addiction, if you want to use those words, um, it's not as simple as like alcohol or drugs. I know those things aren't simple, but this is different because of intimacy, because of being naked. Because it takes place in your body and something you do with your body. All right? Um, compulsion into creativity is something that I had in season five. Um, but going into season six, I'm touching on some of the stuff I talked about in some of the past shows. And that's one of the things I talked about. Um, I do this show. Here's, here's something I brought up a lot. And... I want to reiterate this, and, and I have a new approach to it today, and a passion for doing this thing, and, and the folks that listen, because the thing is being listened to um, widely right now. Uh, one of the biggest motivators for me to do this was that I didn't have a me. I said that a lot on the show. I didn't have a me that was... Just that I could answer my questions, all right? Not that I have all the answers, okay? <laughs> Throwing that out there. But someone that I could walk with that's been through it. Does that make sense? If, if you want to walk through a minefield, it's good to, to get some, right, wisdom from someone who's actually walked through the minefield. And has maybe stepped on a few minds and, and is still uh, alive to, to talk about it. And, and this isn't exactly like that, right? Like, you're different. You and I are different. We have different lives. But I think that on the surface and below the surface, there are ways to look for um, clues as to what can blow your legs off, what can cause more pain. All right. And, and those words, I didn't have a me. I'm starting to realize that what I was doing back then in speaking to myself and being a me for myself. All right. Now I'm getting philosophical on you. Um, I've, I've done the show from a Christian perspective. I talk about that a lot. Um, my faith is important to me. I have peeled back layers of religion over the years. Religion is not something that I'm, uh, you know, 
it's not something that I think is 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 altogether positive. All right, I have a deep faith. I love Jesus. I'm uh, I would consider myself a a Christian, but I think that Christianity at its roots and at its core is is an anti-religion. It really is. The guy, right? God comes to earth as a man and the religious establishment kills him. That's the story. Um, why is that? Now, getting into my faith a little bit, I'm going to talk with my friend Seth Taylor. Actually, on the next episode, got him chalked up to be on the next episode. Seth Taylor, a buddy of mine, that we we became friends through this podcast. So I was able to to link up with him through Craig Gross and Triple X Church, and and uh, I, I consider uh, Seth one of my great friends today. Um, but we also share this thing about our faith where it comes to peeling back these layers of religion. And there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't work that folks who profess Christianity will say, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. And if you don't, you're not saved or you're going to hell or something like that. And I've had to just throw out a lot of that stuff because a lot of it's just, it's just religious controlling, um, a way to, to keep these systems and institutions rolling. Uh, so that's that's all I really have to say about that. But uh, again, realizing that there is a, a power, that there is that there is God. Um, getting back to my recovery days from drugs and alcohol, um, I realized that that God, uh, higher power, can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. All right. And do I think all paths lead to God? Is that what you are now, Russ, a universalist? Listen, I believe in universal love. I believe that love is universal and that God is not outside, you know, inside some religious box. I just don't believe that. Uh, But do I believe all paths lead to God? No. No, I don't. Some paths lead to to pain, and some paths lead absolutely nowhere. Uh, so do I? No, not not all paths lead to God. For, for me, um, my my Christianity or my Jesus following, Christ following, uh, is important to me and has has rooted and grounded me in my life. But I also understand that the indwelt being in Christ and some of this language of the indwelt Holy Spirit is, and as Jesus said in John chapter eight, I believe it is, um, that we are gods, right? Uh, when the Pharisees are after Jesus, they ask him and Jesus asked the Pharisees, why do you seek to kill me? And he says, because you who are a man claims to be God. And then he says, well, doesn't your Holy scriptures, and he's referring to the Psalms, don't they don't they say that you're you're a god like we're all gods um <laughs> right what do the pharisees say to that uh you could read it there in john 8 but that's not a a piece of scripture that's widely quoted by a lot of modern christians today and i believe it's because they're trying to say that they have the thing that will save you so if you go to their church they're selling a kind of a product and it's an intellectual product based in theology, that if you go to their thing, you could be a part of their family, and they all got saved by this this ideology. Uh, I, I'm, 
that's a criticism a bit. You could chalk it up to that. Um, but I think it's true to a certain degree. I think that a lot of what we have within us um, is there, placed there by God to heal us. Uh, Romans, there's a, a passage in Romans that talks about um, God put the, the law, right? Obedience, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's in our heart. It's etched on our heart, right, wrong, good, bad, um, down deep, under the layers, under the surface, is our ability to, to know good from evil, right from wrong. But the problem is we, we really like to stay up here where it's comfortable, up on the surface where, where things make sense. You know, we're trying to figure it all out. We want to be with our tribe of people who... Uh, live by the same kind of surfacey thing, ideology, uh, and and when it comes to healing long term, some of that stuff just doesn't really work out long term. All right, a lot of the stuff that, that my friend Seth wrote about in his book uh, um, feels like redemption. Some of the other folks that I've been drinking from recently. Um, yes, even Rob Bell. Like I, I like Rob Bell now. Uh, I don't agree with Rob Bell on everything. Uh, obviously, Paul Young, author of The Shack, Eve, Crossroads, uh, who I had on the podcast. Um, Peter Rollins, who's also a uh, a philosopher, doctor of philosophy uh, from Ireland, who went through the troubles in Ireland, grew up in some of that. Um, therapists. And healers of our day using science, uh, modern neurology to understand the brain and the body connection. Uh, these folks have a track record of seeing people get better, right? Seeing people um, be better, learning to live. And Listen, that's part of what it's that's in scripture as well. Um, repentance, right? Is that word repentance? It simply means to change direction. And if you're doing the same thing over and over again, if you're frustrated because things aren't changing, it's because the path you're on is it's either too shallow, you know, you've done the same thing over and over again and leading to the same results, which is also the definition of insanity, right? Um, when will you? Step out of the comfort zone and pursue a different path. One that may actually heal. One that may see better days. Because, man, this just the last year, I've healed a lot. And it's been painful. All right? It, it, was, it was really difficult. Um, so that was the one thing I wanted to touch on. I didn't have a me, but I did have a me. And I'm realizing that that through God's indwelt Holy Spirit, the me that has been there has been me. <laughs> I know that's, that sounds a little uh, confusing. But this, this analogy of the inner child, there's something to that. Emotionally, we're all kind of kids. We don't really grow up to a certain degree. There's certain levels of us that we get hurt. We feel sorry. We feel lonely. Um, we feel devalued. We feel like we're not valuable. And when those feelings come up, a lot of this compulsive behavior is attached way more to that kind of stuff. 
than it is, you know, you seeing a billboard or some woman walking with a tight dress on, all right? Um, it's easy to point to the woman and blame her for not being modest. It's a lot harder to go into where your idea of value for yourself got hijacked. Where you understand that you are important and add value to this this world, to this human experiment called planet Earth, right? That, that there's value in you and somewhere, for me, and some of the other people I've talked to over the years, that got sideswiped. That got whiplash. And unlike the wounds on the body or the flesh, um, some of those heart wounds don't heal. Time doesn't heal them, right? They fester. They get infected. And we stay stuck. And so one of the things I talked about in some of the early shows was, I don't want to go back and relive the shit that happened to me. So sexual abuse is part of my past, um, as well as emotional abuse, neglect. I have what's called complex trauma. Um, and, and some of the stuff I said in the early shows, I, I believe I did touch on some of that language. Like, I don't want to, you know, some of the therapists, and I was, I had been through some therapy as a kid and some counseling. Some of it was good. Some of it was scared me, and I didn't want to go back to it. There was, some therapists are better than others, all right? Um, but one of the things I remember touching on was, I don't ever want to go back and live that again. I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to relive that. And some of the... What I talked about on the last episode with EMDR, this therapy that I've been going through for the last six, eight months or so, um, that kind of therapy is not reliving my past. But it is, like I talked about in that episode, um, being an observer, observing myself as a kid who went through that. And parts of me are witnessing it and feeling it. And I'm getting into the wound. And, and seeing the wound be healed. And not just by me. by And this is me as a theist, all right, who grew up in church. Peeling away some really bad messages I got from religion. And realizing that Christ being there in the midst of the pain. Man, there's something to that piece of scripture picking up your cross daily um our ego uh the egotistical the egocentric part of us that part of us that part of our ego that's trying to gain center that's trying to to be at the helm um the spirit it's moving the spirit into that point and the spirit, I believe, a big part of that spiritual energy is that childlike self that's in you. Uh, I can't explain all of that, but this is some of what I've what I've realized and noticed. So that's another thing I wanted to touch on that that my fear of going to that place with EMDR, and I had never heard of EMDR when I started the show. All right, so when I was talking about that stuff, I was talking about some other therapies, um, and I really didn't know about EMDR. EMDR is used with PTSD. Um, I I was diagnosed PTSD, major depressive disorder, and and ADD, ADHD. So um, that is 
my mental illness, all right? Um, and for some of you, uh, and I'm not trying to label you with being mentally ill or something like that, but as you go on this journey, realizing this thorn in your flesh, so to speak, right? Um, there's something to the fact that it is habitual, that your body um, craves it, the cravings for it are are something that is taking place in your body. Uh, Seth and I are going to talk about that on the next episode. Um, but on this episode, I wanted to ta- tell you and talk to you about uh, what what I have planned for this this the rest of the season. Uh, I don't know, probably not the whole season of season six, maybe just for the summer into the fall, uh, depending on, on, on listeners, um, what you have to say about it. So Russ at ASI247.org, if these shows are making sense, if you, you like the direction of the show, um, what I'd like to do in the future is get on NoFap and NoFap Christians and just read some of the stuff that people posted um, that, that maybe I could speak to. All right. I used to read a lot of emails or and address emails on the show. I don't get as many emails today. Uh, and some of the stuff that's on NoFap, like there's some there's some rich material on there from people who really are struggling, and from people who like they'll trigger this kind of compassionate me too. Like, oh, dude, me too. I felt that exact same way, dude. You know. Um, and, and here's what I found. And so that's, that's simply what I wanted to share uh, in the, uh, the summer of CC. And just, uh, I don't know, for what it's worth, this 50-year-old ex-punk rocker metal dude from the 80s who lived very uh, indulgently, all right, for, for a long period of time. And what I've learned, you know. Um, the fact that I'm still alive is fairly miraculous. And so (sighs) sexual, um, addiction, sexually compulsive behavior, intimacy disorder, um, shedding intimacy disorder, the theme of season six, um, and reading some of the comments from Fapstronauts, as they would be called, uh, Fapstronaut, uh, O-T-H-N-I-C-E-1, writes, Turn that fapping energy into something, anything else, that contributes to a healthier you. <laughs> and I say amen to that. That's, uh, that's compulsion into creativity, man. It's energy. That's what it is. Uh, <clears throat> I answered a, uh, a, a, a post... And let's see. I wanted to read that. Actually, I'll have my phone read it to you because it reads better than I do. And who knows? Maybe this very human radio version of a NoFap <laughs> needs a little bumper music. This is ASI. It's not NoFap, by the way. But it's very human. NoFap, man. It's a it's human radio. There you go. More shine down. Eye on the prize and your feet on the ground. Keep your eye on the prize and your feet on the ground. I'm reaching out to the human radio. Taking a jump on a wing.
here's the uh, the post from uh, 11 underscore 11 the number four uh, is the fabstronaut that posted this and I'm gonna have my iPhone read it to you <laughs> here you go self no fab hi there I am currently on day 121 of no fab during these last four months, I have replaced my old habit with exercise and have lost nearly 30 pounds. Today, for the first time since beginning NoFap, I searched for videos that I used to watch. I didn't click on any of them, but I just looked at them until I came to my senses and closed the browser. Should I be concerned? My urges are still quite strong when I get them and I am always able to fight them off. What I did today was the farthest I've ever taken an urge while on NoFap. I have noticed many superpowers including getting looks from women. I am just concerned that I have stunted my progress and am wondering when the urges will stop. Thank you. By 111147 comments 23H. So, yes, that is uh, from 1111. And I let my phone read that to you. <laughs> but here's what I here's what I said. I said 121 days. That's great. Um, opening your browser and looking for old material is a great opportunity to do some soul searching. Is it stress or is it a question of value? You mentioned having girls look at you, notice you. Does that turn you on? Get you aroused? Um, I found most sexual desire has deeper connective tissue. Uh, I've talked about that right here in this episode. Talked about that a lot. Um, triggers that are bringing back the old coping mechanism. Um, it's from some hidden part of your psyche slash ego. It's helped you survive up till now emotionally. Um, a sense of value is a big one. I guess I don't have all the answers as much as I have questions for you to be asking you, um, uh, 11 uh, underscore 11 four um, answered back and said thank you so much for your thoughts I can't exactly say why I did it but I think that is because I have been on this for such a long time now what I consider to be a long time uh, in parentheses part of me is curious to feel what it felt like before I started I feel like I am able to connect with people more on an emotional level now than ever before, and my old life feels foreign to me. I do think it was a learning experience. I was impressed that I was actually able to deny it even when it was placed right in front of me. And he said, thanks again. Uh... That is, uh, th that's part of the fruit of seeing some distance with this thing. When you, you know, it's, and it's not denying your body. And I guess that's maybe the part that um, a lot of folks are listening. And um, again, I'm excited to have Seth on the next episode to talk about that. Uh, there's something to repression, um, repressed sexual energy, um, so what 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 I'm talking about, and I, and I believe what Seth is talking about, is not repressing that sexual energy as much as redirecting it, or letting it just letting it simply flow out of a different um, part of your body. 
uh, if that makes sense. So, uh, on the next episode, episode 11 of the ASI podcast, having my friend Seth Taylor on, we're going to talk about some of this stuff. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of summer of CC to get an idea. I'm not doing a, uh, Christian one on this episode. I'll do that, um, on the next episode after Seth's episode. So that'd be episode 12. So, um, Here's something I want to leave you with before I end this here uh, episode of the ASI podcast. Um, again, if you have any questions, uh, concerns, like to throw some feedback out there, Russ at ASI247.org. There is a Facebook page. Um, Heart, Mind, Love, Sex, and Affection is the Facebook page for this here podcast. And you can uh, leave comments or whatever on there as well. Um, and I post a lot of the articles and some of the stuff that I, uh, I share here on there. So if you'd like to read more about what I've talked about on the show, you can do it on the Facebook page. Um, my Twitter handle is at Russ Shaw, all one word. So pretty simple. Um, what is my why? This is something that, uh, his favorite, my therapist, uh, gave me and they were passing around in the office and, uh, I thought this was great. Um, and, and it's something I'm going to challenge you to ask yourself this week. All right. What is my why? Um, your why is the foundation of purpose and intention and will serve as your North star to guide you on the journey of life. Knowing your why is as important first step is an important first step in figuring out how to achieve the goals that excite you. And create an in life that you enjoy living. Um, reflecting on these four questions to help you find your why. And these are the four questions. This is what I want you to maybe, I don't write this down, but, but think about this, all right? Um, this stuff is important. This is, this is an intentional redirection of some of that energy that I'm talking about. Some of that compulsive energy. Um, what makes you come alive? Number one, what makes you come alive? What gets you excited? Besides naked bodies, all right? I know. <laughs> the comedian in me is like, well, you know, <laughs> here's what gets me excited. Um, yeah, that's the old me, right? That old part of myself, the old man, as some of the Christians might talk about it. Um, but really, at a deeper level, in your creative tissue, in, in, in what stirs your affections, uh, what makes you come alive? That's question number one. Question number two, what are your natural strengths? Where are you strong? Now, this is something that I've realized over the years, is that understanding what makes you strong may take you getting out of your shell and being in a group with other humans. Some of you guys who are in college, this is great for you because there's a whole bunch of different like social groups you can join or studies and, and, and the things that you're into. You, you being a part, um, the social aspect of this is important because you start to see where your strengths lie. Um, if you don't know what your strengths are, here's another one. If you're not in college or if you're kind of isolated, there's an app called meet up. All right. Meet up has, has places, you know, you can 
people with like-minded interests and exercise, you know, all sorts of things. And you can be in a social group with other people, like-minded people. And this is, this is really good for you. And it'll help you find, it'll help you find your strengths, man. Cause I'll be honest. That's one of the, one of those questions for me years ago. I, I don't think I could answer that. What are your strengths? Well, let me see. Let me think about that. Right? Like I could, I could lift heavy things. Like, I don't know. Um, you're talking about on a deeper level, right? So that's just throwing that out there, the social psych part of that. So question number one, what makes you come alive? Question number two, what are your natural strengths? Question number three, where do you believe you add the most value? See, getting into that value statement, starting to grow those, those seeds, those roots of value in you. That's a heart thing, man. Um, where do you believe you add the most value? Again, getting plugged in with other folks, living your life amongst fellow jacked up humans. All right, everyone's kind of fucked up. Can I can I just say that? All right, if you think you're gonna find a bunch of people who are just awesome, and that's a big thing for a lot of people. Over the years, I've had to 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 you know, I mean, I've sat in recovery groups with people that just man, people are, are fucked, right? Like people are assholes. And I had some of that. It's just this cynical thing in me that, that, you know, I just don't really want to know other people and what they've been through. Everyone's got stuff. Everyone's got trauma in their past. Everyone's got some kind of family stuff, right? Um, as another podcaster once said, uh, everyone's beautifully, wonderfully fucked up in some weird way. <laughs> a shout out to those guys in the mental illness happy hour. Love those guys. Um, anyway, so 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 realize that if you are going to be in, you know, if you're going to be around other people, other people are kind of messed up, you know. Uh, I mean, don't let people abuse you, of course. Um, don't let, but if you're always constantly hurt by people, um, maybe realizing, getting into their story a little bit, asking questions. Um, realize that everyone's got their own pain and their own triggers that, that deal with that pain, right? We're all triggered emotionally in social circumstances by some of our jacked up past. And while I don't think you should stay in a group of people who are abusing you, right? There's a lot of religious institutions like that that just end up, you know, it's called spiritual abuse, um, where they devalue you and stuff like that, make you feel like crap about yourself. Um, Calvinism. There's a lot of cold Calvinism out there, which is, um, yeah, man. Some of you guys need to, to get around some healthy people who also realize that about other humans, that we're not all perfect. And some of your imperfections actually make you even more beautiful if you can embrace them. And if you can embrace them and others. So throwing that out there. Um, number four, how will you measure success in your life? By money? Most people do. That's kind of our culture, right? How much money you got? That says how successful you are. Man, there's a whole ton. And, and I don't have to tell you that, right? I mean, there's a whole ton of really unhappy rich people in the world. Um, a few of them committed suicide recently. It, it, and that's tragic, man. But success, money, that stuff don't make you happy. 
that don't make you happy long term. And uh, so how do you measure success? There's this kid rock tune called Redneck Paradise. <laughs> I love that song. There's a lyric in that song that says, we, we measure up our wealth in friends and family, right? Uh, there's something to that. I love that. Creating wealth by gaining more friendships and more, more people in your life. Um, that's, one, that's one of mine. I really value other folks and relationships with uh, fellow humans. And that's given me um, a lot more value than I could ever buy. Can't buy me love, said the Beatles. Uh, so, to review... Question number one, what makes you come alive? Question number two, what are your natural strengths? Question number three, where do you believe you add the most value? Question number four, how do you measure success in your life? Um, and here's another one. And you don't have to do this. I didn't do it. Okay. But one of the things they talk about is writing a simple, small, short paragraph on your mission statement. Um... What do you want to do? Who do you want to help? What is the result? What value can I create? What value can I create in the world? Throw that out there. Um, here's a couple of, of mission statements by some famous people. Denise Morton of the Campbell Soup Company said in her mission statement, one sentence, to serve as a leader, to leave a lee, live, sorry, let me try that again. To serve as a leader, to live a balanced life, and apply ethical principles to make a significant difference. Um, that is Denise Morton of the Campbell Soup Company. Oprah Winfrey wrote this. To be a teacher and to be known for inspiring my students to be more than they thought they could be on their own. Um, that's not what she said. I added the on your own. All right. Um, and to be known for inspiring my students to be more than they thought they could be. Oprah Winfrey. Uh, so those are a couple of... of uh, try writing a personal mission statement for yourself and keep it somewhere where you can revisit it often. Like in your wallet or a post-it note on your refrigerator or in your smartphone. It doesn't say that in your smartphone. But I added that. Um... Man, that's show. Uh, Going to end the show right here. Thanks for listening. Uh, ASI247.org is the website. Again, if you could leave a review, a positive review. I haven't had a positive review in a while. <laughs> so I'm, I'm desperately... Oh, you sound desperate, Russ. Uh, whatever. Fuck you. I love you. Fuck you. But anyway, that's just how I talk. There's some swear words in the show. I'm more comfortable with some of my swear words. When I get passionate... Um, some of those words come out, and this is this is some of, some of how I talk, man. Some of some of the Christian folks might have a problem with it, but that's just kind of how it goes. Um, anyway, there I go. I got to ride. I got to get back to work. Till next time. Later. Bye. The ASI podcast is a listener-supported production. Russ encourages listeners to use some of your own life energy to break free. You can do that as a co-producer. Go to ASI247.org to learn more. <laughs>